You are listening to episode 150 of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody. Here at the Game Deflators Podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we reach new highs and lows in today's very special 150th episode, Inflation Deflation Challenge. Very, very nice, sir. Uh, yeah. 150 episodes. That's uh, quite the number for us. Thank you so much, all of you. And uh, the highs and lows Ryan's talking about are, um, I am assuming, are Simpsons skateboarding to kind of close out Simpsons month uh, with highs and lows being vert. Well, so I was thinking, you know, there, yeah, the verts, like eventually we started getting up there, getting some air, but ultimately that game is just a crash. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we sucked at that game. And hey, 150th episode. But playing a terrible game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for all episodes, for us to... Balance in all know, things. Yeah, right? It just makes sense that we would have such a shitty game. But Simpsons Month overall, very enjoyable. Yeah, I would say the last two were eh, but the first two were great. I actually really enjoyed that. Uh, we'll have to do, um, I guess, Spooky Month for Spooky October. Month. Spooky Month. So plenty of horror games to go along with that. Uh, or Straight just- from September... Spooktober. Spooktober. Or, uh, instead of playing oh like God. spooky games... Is there enough Star Trek stuff? Could we do Spocktober? No. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm thinking with um, with Spooky Month, it doesn't have to be just horror games. We could potentially play, like, the worst rated games that I own. Oh, my God. But I don't That's, know if it can get any worse What's today. more scary than that? Yeah, who knows? We'll come up with ideas. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. Uh, so, first thing we've got is our pickups for this week. So uh, I did not have any gaming pickups, and that's uh, a gaming-related yeah, product. I, I, okay, it's a gaming-related p- product, not video game product, but gaming-related. Uh, I picked up the Wild Beyond the Witchlight, the alternate cover uh, for D and D, and then also, so this is kind of funny. I think I told you a while back in an episode that I purchased um, some minis, and I got like the demon set for that particular yeah, yeah. uh yeah so i had a few that were missing like the bottom pegs and like one was broken like all this crazy mm-hmm. stuff so i had shipped it out but i forgot to post it and so i just sent it out i guess somebody was really nice at the post office and still sent it off to whiz kids because i just got my replacement ones today kind of cool so i ended up they didn't have one of like my shadow demon minis but i ended up getting like a little um etter cap mini instead which was okay and they gave me an extra so i sent in four and they gave me five so i was like all right cool like you guys didn't have it so you're compensating and giving me an extra of something i had before you've had some good luck with customer service recently i really have which is kind of surprising and also uh this book says wild beyond the witch lights i was talking to joel uh about his experiences because he picked up um or he was going to pick this one up online but he decided to just pick it up in person he went to three different stores and all of them had banged up covers like corners completely dented in like crazy stuff Every single one of them said that the distributor just did a bad job shipping it out to them. He ended up finding one good copy at a location and then picked up like a normal copy so that way he wasn't using his collector's version. And uh, I got mine from Miniature Market like yesterday afternoon, I think. Perfect condition. That thing had easily like $20 of bubble wrap. It was insane how much bubble wrap was on that book. And they threw it in a nice big box. Like it wasn't stuck in like a standard you know priority mailbox or anything like that it was like really just a big box completely covered with bubble wrap there was nothing happening to this book and it, it was um yeah good condition when i got it i'm really happy with the you know service i got from miniature market so i'll probably get more books from them in the future even though it's a little higher in price um they're usually about they're right at 50 bucks a book whereas like uh game nerds you can get it for like 40 bucks but i mean dude the care that they put into shipping out that book I'll have to keep getting books from them from well, now on just for you that. you know that the return that you're going to get on that book over time versus that extra expense as opposed to getting a cheap one that's dented and then it's like yeah, you're going to feel that difference later. Well, I'm not going to sell this one because I only got one copy of it. Uh, but I did get multiple copies of the other books coming out. So I've got two of the Fizzbane's dragon book and then there's another book coming out i forget which one it is but i got two copies of that coming in as well nice. uh, so yeah i'm pretty stoked i got extras of all these books coming in uh ones to sell ones to keep uh and then as far as gaming itself is concerned i was out of town so i did not play any video games not even on my phone and i didn't even look at games dude i was 100 percent busy 
the entire flipping time uh, drinking and eating. That was pretty much it for two days and along, obviously, with the work that I had to do. So it's like if I wasn't working, I was off eating dinner and happy hours and all yeah. sorts of crazy stuff. So no opportunity to do anything on my phone. Um, shoot, I didn't even watch like YouTube videos, man. I was fat, flipping busy and tired. Uh, but I am hoping to get uh, back into some God of War uh, here pretty soon, um, either tonight or uh, later on the week. There so you we'll go. see. Yep. Uh, what did you get? Uh, so Xbox Game Pass has given everybody Sable, which is a pretty cool game. I saw um, Skillup did a review of it, just a short one. It's kind of like a, the vein of like Journey and and games like that, where it's a lot more about the experience, really. I, I think it does have a lot more direction than those games do generally, uh, but the art style is really incredible, and it's supposed to just be like a nice get lost in kind of exploring the world for a few hours. It's I think it's only like four or five hours long, probably, mm-hmm. but it's supposed to be a good time. So I booted that up just long enough to really check it out. Um, let's see. With uh, We had some magic pickups. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to think if, if there was anything else that I was messing around with this week. I don't think so, game-wise. Um, magic stuff, uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt came out, so I got some of that. I got pretty much a little bit of all the stuff they said to look out for. I got the Ren of Seven, and I got the... Oh, you did? Yeah, the... Oh, nice. What was it? Like, Meat Hook Massacre... Um, moon something dragon. I don't know. I, I I can't remember some of them, but I got a little bit of everything, so that's pretty good. And I think I got some more magic cards coming to my future because my birthday's right around this time of year. Him. Oh, I did get some magic from John. Yes, I did. Yes, you did. Yeah, he got me a uh, commander deck for the which one was it? Strixhaven. Strixhaven. It's. Black and green? Yeah, it's the uh, Witch Druid one, yeah. Yeah, so that sounds pretty cool. I was actually just looking at some sick black-green cards uh, that were in the Innistrad Midnight Hunt set, so I'll definitely be taking a look at that. I I keep thinking that I want to try to check out the Magic Arena more, but whatever out of my house, I can't get to connect to a server for some reason. So maybe that's more of a like play upstairs, like sitting on the couch kind of game rather than a playing everywhere kind of game. You just use it for practice and kind of getting through the motions on gameplay too. So that's what I kind of think I want to do. Like, I guess do that to kind of just, I don't know how much investment you need time-wise to be able to like, <laughs> I, I guess this is my issue. It's like, I'm going to buy, I want to get magic cards so that I can make decks so that I can play magic. Uh, that's not going to happen super often, but it's worth it as a hobby for me. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the other hand, there's like Magic Arena, which I could probably get more of the cards, play more often, save money, and just do that instead yeah. and try to figure out what kind of decks to get for IRL. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that it's going to take me so long to... <laughs> get good enough on there to actually be able to get the cards like i'm definitely gonna wind up just like looking up some decks online and ordering some cards yeah i'm gonna end up getting the innistrad at some point here um i want to get a booster box of it i just haven't yet Uh, i'm looking at tcg am i the art's so good oh i know like i've been looking at them i want the rent of seven that's gonna be badass um playing that card down the road uh but yeah i mean it looks like a pretty sick set and, you know, combining that with some of the Forgotten Realm stuff and some of the Strixhaven stuff, I still have to open up my Strixhaven box as well. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, that might have some good stuff in it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, Dude, I really want to play... Um, I want to buy some of those Commander decks, like the Strixhaven and, you know, the one for Forgotten Realms and the Innistrad. Like, they just look so good. Um, you know, just in general, like the theming of it. Mm-hmm. Just for casual play. Like, it'd be fun to just play those decks. Yeah. I got I have two of the Forgotten Realms ones and now this one. Yeah. I was kind of looking at the two that are available for the Midnight Hunt. Well, there's four for Midnight Hunt. There's oh, are there? And there's four total for Forgotten Realms, too. Yeah. I don't know that I would get all of them. Yeah. Uh there's like a werewolf one though that like the commander in there is like the werewolf card. Yeah. So it's like I might as well pick that one up, I was thinking. 
Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this set, and yeah, I'm gonna pick it up. I at love some the point theming. Here. The day night thing is interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's new. I think that's something that's been in the game before, but not since I played. Yeah, I've been organizing John's cards a ton this week. I took about ten thousand of John's cards home. Yeah, actually, it is ten thousand. <laughs> I've been organizing them by uh, which set they released, and then by color. I did not go full on into the alphabetizing because it's no. way too many cards, but I had to go through and re kind of sort out what you already had kind of thrown in there. You're missing like a ton of uh, other play sets and stuff. And I still, I haven't even gotten through a thousand. So the box that I have, by the way, it, like I haven't even messed with play sets yet, um, which is why I want to alphabetize at some point. But the box that did not have the little tabs is the stuff that I needed to go through. Yeah. And then, yeah, the box that you're currently looking at, which has all those tabs, is what I already went through for the most part. It was all very poorly organized. It reorganized all that basically first. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't even mess with any color or anything like that. I just did sets. You you were just doing the sets. Yeah, I went through and at least did all the colors for those. Yeah, I got so you. So it, it'll... It's going to take me a while probably to get through the rest of it, but I can bring it back whenever you want. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious. I, it's fun just being able to go in and see all these old cards. And, and there's a lot of cards that like I remember. Man, dude, I had like a bunch of like older cards back when I was in like junior high in like 2003. Mm-hmm. Um that some kid just gave me not like a ton, but like quite a few. And I've seen some that I'm like, Oh, I definitely remember having some of these cards back in the day going through yours. So that's fun too. Yeah. Well, once I go through in the play sets and everything, I'll have a crap ton of bulk. So, you know, I've already decided uh, depending on the price of some of that bulk stuff, I'm going to get rid of it. So if you end up wanting it, I mean, there might be a situation where I'm I like, think I'm Here. just kind of, gonna pick up magic from where i'm at moving forward i was i've been going through and considering things that like i might want to pick up like you've been telling me to get those fetch lands Mm -hmm. and then i definitely would i think that it would be worth my time to probably just like buy some snow lands too by the way did you get any of those black and white lands in your oh yeah dude they're so sick oh any foils yeah. Nice. Yeah, they're so sick. Set, I, I really dig them. Did you get the set booster or did you get the uh, booster? I got regular? the set booster and I got the fat pack. And oh. the fat pack comes with set packs now instead of draft packs. Oh, uh, okay. Interesting. Okay. So it's... Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting full, like, I'm going to try and get 20 of each of those black and white lands. Like, they're sick. Or at least a play set of each one, mm-hmm. you know, at minimum so I can utilize those. Yeah, I've got... I'm collecting, like, all my hollow lands in a box. Nice. And I've got, like, a ton of them already. Yeah, those hollow lands are going for, like, a buck fifty, two bucks a piece. Are they really? Yeah, they sure. are. Yeah, that's actually one way to recoup it. So, like, that could be a TCG thing. Just sell your foil lands on TCG and then open up oh, more boxes. Oh, I want them for me, though. I know, that's the thing. Like, I really want them for me, too. So. It's weird, though, like, because the fat pack comes with lands. Mm-hmm. So it comes with hollow lands that are standard looking but not the black and white ones but not the full black and white does ones. each booster pack come with a black and white land uh probably okay yeah i was just curious yeah i'll pick it up um i got i did get things a, like a full art i think it's like haunted ridge or something it's like a new dual land gotcha uh it looks so cool just like black and red and just nice gothic i love the theming well, at some point, you and I will have to play some standard tournaments. I think, uh, you know, between getting a box of Strixhaven, the boxes of Forgotten Realms, and then, uh, you know, obviously Innistrad as we continue getting those boxes. Yeah. We should have enough, theoretically, we can start playing some standard. Yeah, yeah. Once we kind of get, like, enough into the core of what's going on right yeah. now. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, um, let's start looking at our articles this week that we're going to talk about. Not nah, kind of articles, more so topics. Uh, the first one is going to be even Nintendo Direct, so Ryan and I will kind of dig into that, gather our thoughts on Nintendo Direct. Um, Nintendo uh, will still be releasing NES and SNES games for the base Nintendo Switch online subscribers. We're going to talk about that. And then U.S. government investigates CEO Bobby Kotick over Kotick. Activision. Kotick, Kotick, he's still a dick, uh, <laughs> over Activision uh, Blizzard allegations. Um, and then we will also talk about some Simpsons skateboarding as well. So 
The Nintendo Direct. I watched it before you start. They can all find us at thegamedeflators.com, Facebook and Instagram at thegamedeflators, Twitter at gamedeflators, and of course, all of their favorite podcast applications. Now take it back to you, Ryan. While you're there, tell us how many of the 150 episodes you've listened to and which one was your favorite. That's a good one, too. I still like our episode. Dude, Vectrix. Vectrix is the best. Yep. Vectrix, Apple Arcade, still my favorite. I hope we actually sound good in that one. Probably not (laughs) because that was like 100 episodes ago. Almost like 103 episodes ago, I think. But go on. So the Nintendo Direct. As soon as I finished watching the Nintendo Direct, I knew John wasn't watching it. I texted him. I was like, dude, N64 and Genesis. And I sent him question marks. He had no idea what was going on. He wasn't ready for that change. But there was so much more than that. So we'll kind of start. I don't know if this was is necessarily in order, but this is the order that I found it on the list that I found when I pulled all this information off of there. So, Super Mario Movie. I may be (laughs) chastised or or people might think that it's like, I, I don't know. The reactions that I was seeing from people, I'm good with this. I love all those people, and I think that they'll all be like, They're all actors. They're all going to do a great job. Like, if anybody's expecting this movie to be anything better than just okay at best, I think they're setting their expectations too high. Like, I was very pleasantly surprised by the Sonic movie. I really was. Because I had the lowest expectations I've ever had for anything. I really like all these voice actors, or all these actors. I think they'll do good. I think that... You know, Nintendo is so careful and generally pretty good with their IPs. Like, they definitely in the '90s when we got the live-action Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, that was different. Or though. '80s, I don't know why. Yeah, that was that was different. That I just think that they've got a real shot of making this work. I just don't know how. How it's going to do, though. Like, because if it does really good, do we get more? Like, does it become an annual thing? Do they make, like, a super dope Zelda movie? Do they make, like, a super dope Metroid movie? Like, Donkey Kong's going to be in this one? I don't know that Seth Rogen is the best Donkey Kong, but, like, tell me who would be a good Donkey Kong. Persuade me. And Jack Black as Bowser? Dude, Jack Black could be anybody. Jack Black could have been Donkey Kong. I I would have said Jack Black as Donkey Kong, Seth Rogen as Bowser would have made more sense to me if you were... (laughs) Mario. (laughs) if If I had to flip those two roles, or if I had no choice but to decide between those two people... I would be flipping it in that in that nature. I, I don't know. I, I think it'll be I think it'll be great. I yeah. I really hope that they do a good job with that. I I don't know, dude. Like I'm kind of skeptical on it and I like the Sonic movie. The Sonic movie is really good. Uh, but when I saw like Chris Pratt as like the voice of Mario and such, that's just it doesn't I just don't think Mario when I see Chris Pratt, but it could surprise me. We never and, know. And the other piece of this, too, that a lot of people forget is Mario doesn't really have a whole lot of lines. Yeah. So when people are like, oh, yeah, it should be Charles Marnet or whatever that's supposed to be. Oh, he said Mario. that there's going to be a lot of talking. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of talking with Mario. So it's just not your, you know, it's a me and all mm-hmm. those lines that like the one liners that Charles has done over the years. You're going to have like actual dialogue. Yeah. And what translates for like you can't just say oh yeah because he does a voice like these one-liners that he's going to be fantastic and have like the exact same voice the entire time while doing the movie you never know so i think it's it's interesting like to have chris pratt there to do the main dialogue and for all we know charles marnay is probably going to do a lot of his one-liners like he normally would have. well he's going to be doing a lot of guest or like a lot of other cameo stuff yeah so most likely he'll be doing the one-liners and then the actual like voice component of those characters will be with you know chris pratt and jack black and all of them so we will see how it turns out uh 2022 holiday season I'm not super excited about it just because of the the nature of like the actors and such that are in there, but I'm willing to go give it a shot and see if it's worth, you know, a movie ticket. All right. Let's move this next one to the last one just because it'll transition well. 
Okay. And then we'll go right into. So I know you don't really care about this one. Animal Crossing, not Animal in Crossing, the slightest. But they're getting a direct. Like there's so much content that they're going to be adding, mm-hmm. like that they're not comfortable putting it into what they showed. Well, because it would have filled too much time. And it's all free, right? All free. All free. So yeah. that is really interesting to me because like they've added a bunch of stuff and I have not gone back and really done any of it, but I always like to check things out around the holiday time and it's my birthday. So maybe I should go in and get presents when that happens. Yeah. So that'd be good. I Uh, I should definitely dip my toes back in, but I'm really hoping that they're going to put some cool stuff in there that breathes like a lot of new life in. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not really big into Animal Crossing. I can definitely appreciate it and, uh, you know, what it's all about. And something like, you know, free Nintendo content that's supposed to be coming out for Animal Crossing is definitely appealing for a lot of the, not only the folks that are actively engaged in it, but somebody like you, right, who maybe mm-hmm. has put it down for quite a while and now this is another way to kind of get you back into the fray, at least for a, a shorter period of time. And before we, we kind of continue on here with the rest of the... Um, the Nintendo Direct Overview. We're not going to go through every single component because I know we've got a lot of stuff on there uh, from this. There was actually a lot of information packed in this recent Direct. I watched it last night, but we're not going to cover every single bit of it. Um, Anything else on Animal Crossing? No. Uh, The next one was actually Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I'm not the biggest Kirby fan, but this actually got me excited. Like, I can't wait to play this. Yeah, Spawn Wave. Uh, was talking about it and was said it perfectly. Like if this had been another 2d Kirby, I don't think anybody really would have cared, but like the fact that they're finally going in and making like, all right, let's make a 3d open world ish or not open world, but like not just a side scrolling Kirby. Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, that's really good. It's really good direction. I think it's probably going to still be super easy like every Kirby game is supposed to be like an introductory, like person's first kind of game. That's kind of the goal. So how much sticking power or how great this game is going to be? Who knows? Well, here's the thing. I think Nintendo is kind of recognizing that everyone is doing 2D platforming style games or Metroidvanias right now. And for them, it was like, okay, well, let's go into this 3d world type of platformer Mm -hmm. that they haven't done with Kirby. I think, you know, maybe I haven't recognized it, but I believe they have recognized the fact that there's so much 2d crap out there right now. Let's go back to like the basics in a sense of N64 and you know, the 3d uh, atmosphere. And I think it's going to turn out pretty good, man. I Uh, loved crystal shards for N64. That was still just a side scrolling game. Yeah, no, it had that kind of 2.5 D yeah, but this is like true, yeah. you know, 3D and, and really just next-gen, not next-gen, I guess kind of old-gen graphics in a sense with Nintendo. Uh, but I'm stoked, dude. I think it's going to look pretty good. I, I can't wait to see more info. And I think it was 2022 as well, right? Yeah, this is a lot of future stuff. Yeah. Uh, the next one, so... According to your notes here, it's Minster Hunter. Yeah, Minster Hunter Rise. <laughs> Monster Hunter Rise, Bayonetta 3, Chocobo GP. Dude, Chocobo GP got me so excited. So none of these things really got me that excited. Oh. I have Rise, and I have not delved too deep into Rise. I mostly picked up Rise just because I thought that it would be a fun multiplayer thing, and then nobody else really picked it up that... I, I was friends with. You tried to get me to pick it up, and I was like, I don't want to play Monster Hunter. Yeah, but it's it's a good game to revisit and grind out and just kind of do whenever you feel like it. So more free content for that, great. Yeah. Uh, Bayonetta 3, I haven't played 1 and 2, but people been waiting for Bayonetta 3. I mean, I think it was like five years ago they did the announcement originally, and then basically Radio Silence since. So they were due to show this off to everybody. I think it'll be great. Yeah. Chocobo GP... Dude, I've never I, played like, the old ones. I have no affinity for them. It looks like uh, somewhere between like Diddy Kong and Nitro and Crash. Well, they have Chocobo Racing on the PS1. So the fact that Chocobo GP is now on Switch, I will be buying this 100%. I need a physical copy, though. Uh, another, so kind of to dig into some of the other stuff, Disco Elysium. Uh, there's a physical copy coming out this holiday season. I'll be picking that up for sure. They're doing those like things a lot more now where they do a digital release and then they do a delayed physical release. Yeah, and I hope it's a situation where they're not trying to gauge like, oh, well, X amount of people bought it virtually, so now let's do you know physical because 
or those stupid where they release a box that has a code in it. Oh, yeah, I know. That's the dumbest thing. But I like that they're calling out that it's a physical release. So that's a good one. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be physical or not, but Triangle Strategy yeah. was another one that looked pretty interesting. I can't believe they just dropped the the project yeah and just went with triangle strategy yeah that looks like it'll be a good game i don't know that it's going to be a game for me necessarily i love the graphics i actually really like tactics advance Mm -hmm. and i like tactical combat games but it just like of all the big giant rpgs out there that i could play this looks like one of those big giant rpgs that i would play three hours of and then never play again yeah same with me so i'm gonna see you know, Octopath Traveler, we got so cheap. I think we paid like fifteen bucks for it. No, not even or that. ten we bucks paid, we paid for 10 it. Bucks a piece. Yeah. yeah. So I'll definitely wait for this to wind up in the ten dollar bin at Walmart in a that's, few years. That's assuming it comes out on physical because I don't think they noted physical release on this. But if it does, it'll be a game like you. I'll wait a little bit, pending if it's you know got really good reviews and something I want to play right away. Um, but I'm the way sure it'll be great. Yeah. But the way I've gone over the years, man, I don't really have any more day one purchases unless it's something I know is going to be like a limited print run. Chocobo GP might be one of those. It's like a limited print run. Uh, so I'll pick that up. Same Target with only. Yeah. Like something stupid. And Disco Elysium will be another one that it's probably gonna be some limited print run because, oh, we released it virtually. Now we're going to have limited print runs just for a little while. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. But overall, dude, this is probably one of the better Nintendo Directs that I've seen. We got a little more Metroid Dread in there. Um, you know, They I think- showed good stuff. They kept a good clip. They showed a little bit of something for everyone across the board. Yeah, uh, Mario Golf has some free content coming out, new courses. I think you play as Koopa and some black ninja red ninja. Yeah, um, never heard of that character. Obviously. Uh, ninjas are cute. They're in... Uh- like Bowser's Castle, and then they're also in Paper Mario. Ah, just never pay attention to it. Uh, but yeah, so some free content coming out there as well. If only they could uh, have some free content for Smash. More Splatoon stuff? Oh yeah, more Splatoon. They had some Splatoon trailers. Dying Light 1 and 2 is being released I there. felt so bad. So if you guys haven't watched the Direct, and this inspires you to go watch it, the dude that's in the lab coat during the... <laughs> during the presentation for the splatoon part at the end he does this like he makes like a three with his body and he stands there for like a moment making the three and then he like undoes from it and it comes back to him and he's like thank you and it's like dude you should have just just cut it when the dude's making the three don't make him like undo it and then awkwardly like give a thanks and everything just do the three and cut dude nintendo's awkward like that Oh, and the last thing that we'll talk about here um, regarding the Direct is the big news, right? So oh, yeah. N64 games and Genesis games, including Musha, are coming out to via Nintendo Switch via their online... So we totally um, called it so. with two things releasing. And although we thought it was going to be Game Boy and uh, N64... I can't believe the shock at the Genesis. Yeah. I wonder if it's purely just because they could sell an extra controller with that. Like, they couldn't sell you, like... A Game Boy controller? Like, a Game Boy that wirelessly hooks up to your well, Switch. And I'll clarify, we didn't call it necessarily because we, you know, covered some rumors that that was going to be the case. But what I we had my call, own suspicions. But what we did call correctly, Ryan, was that Nintendo would be creating... A new tier. Yeah, a new tier specifically for some of those games. So we'd initially thought it might be something along the lines of like Super Nintendo and N64 and then like a tier below, which would have like your NES, your Game Boy, and I guess that'd be it, right? So you'd have this tier-based system. We did not think that there was going to be Genesis included in this, which is really interesting because there's been rumors again floating around that there'd be some big Genesis announcement and Microsoft would be acquiring Genesis because um, uh, I think it was uh, or Sega I mean but apparently Microsoft is like slated to do another big type of multi-billion dollar deal and people have been assuming Sega but this right here you know Genesis games going onto the Switch I don't see where Sega would be taking place in any sort of Microsoft acquisition anytime soon. Uh, it's all leading to Switch Game Pass. Switch Game Pass. Dude, I hope you're wrong on that. What do you think about them calling it Expansion Pack? Like, you know, that was. Spawnwave keeps pointing that out, saying that it's clever and it's like a good on them use of like that 
former hardware thing. Yeah, I like it. I mean, for sure. So uh, really quick, though. So this uh, particular article that we're kind of covering is Jonathan uh, Bolofsky at Real Otaku Gamer. Um, yeah, dude, I like the expansion pack name on there for sure. Like, I think it's good branding. Cool. Yeah, definitely Call good back. on that part. And um, I... I don't think we've seen anything yet regarding price breakdowns, but what's no. the what's the current switch? It's like thirty bucks. It's like twenty bucks a year. Twenty or thirty a year. I think okay. it's twenty. Okay, so yeah, and then like your because this step could up. take it up to thirty, or people think forty would be. Because the thing is, this is all you're getting. Yeah. Like, well, there's other things I'm sure that they'll announce later on. Yeah, but there's no like. I mean, I guess you're not really getting anything with anything else either. Like if they throw GameCube on there. And you can get GameCube and N64 and Genesis. And then the other stuff is just Game Boy, Super Nintendo, and Nintendo. That would be pretty sick. Like to have that as, you know, your access. Um, the other thing with these tiers is a lot of people were kind of scared that, oh, well, are they going to continue supporting Nintendo and Super Nintendo uh, video games via, you know, the standard uh, service? See, and, I did not wonder that, but I'm glad we have an answer. Well, yeah. And, you know, I didn't either. So when I saw them break it down, I said, oh, expansion pack, and you get all of this great stuff. People, for some strange reason, assumed, oh, well, Nintendo's not going to support these systems anymore in their virtual console library. I, that thought never crossed my mind that they were just going to stop supporting Nintendo and Super Nintendo games on there. I think what this is going to allow them to do, and I think that <laughs> it's kind of ingenious. So when you look at like Microsoft Games with Gold and PS Plus, yeah, you get your free games every month, and it's always like, eh. Microsoft suck, or eh, Sony suck, or they got one good game and the other ones suck, or whatever. And then on the Switch, it's usually like every couple of months they release like three or four things for each, or two or three things for each NES and SNES. And most of the time, they're just duds. Yeah. So this will be able to pad it out. So it's like if you've got four different consoles... You really only have to release one good game for any one of them, and you can stretch out that release schedule much longer. So, like, all the good SNES games that aren't on there that they may still be waiting to put on there, they could wait to put those out forever now because all they need to do is put out a good N64 game, and nobody's even going to care what's on the SNES that month. Yeah. I think it's kind of ingenious. Yeah, I think it's pretty evilly ingenious. Well, I mean, that's Nintendo, right? Uh, overall, you know, I think that you know, with the support continuing for the Super Nintendo and Nintendo games, you know, as you and I kind of just discussed, we didn't think this was going to be the case that they would stop support on there. But it's nice to know that they'll continue that for your base subscribers, and then those that pay a little bit more on the expansion pack will, of course, get the N sixty four support. Overall, for this entire direct, dude, I think this might have been the best Nintendo direct of the year. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. I think there was an, a lot of good stuff that was packed in here. Um, Do you think this is better than the Arceus? Oh, yeah. I think this was, this was better than the last Nintendo Direct as well that had, what, the Zelda anniversary stuff, which now they're super hush about. Like, I haven't seen anything Zelda anniversary Dude, I want that Game & Watch. Yeah. I mean, I think, what, November is when it comes out? Yeah. Yeah. But they've been pretty hush. Like, they were hush on it uh, on his last Direct. So I think overall this was the best Nintendo Direct so far of the year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, all right. Next article that we'll jump Til into. The, oh, also we did uh, we did miss one thing. There's going to be the final Smash character announcement in October. Yeah, that's true. It, dude, if it's not Waluigi. We were talking about it the other day, my friends and I, and it's like, it's... It has to be Sora, Master Chief, or Waluigi. Anything else will be disappointment. Goku, I guess, could be one. Goku could be one. But yeah. if it's not one of those four characters, everything else will just be a disappointment. Dude, Nintendo fans are gonna riot if it's not Waluigi. How do you keep Waluigi? What's the even reason that like, he's not even like, in it? They like, should just, just give it. in to the meme. Oh, I know, dude. If I swear, if he's not in there, so many angry people. Although you know, what would be better is if Nintendo put him in as an Easter egg. Or what if they just gave him his own game? Like what if Waluigi's Revenge? What if like Nintendo said, "Hey, Sora is your special character," and did like this whole Kingdom Hearts thing, and people are pissed. But those that purchase Sora, it says you've now unlocked. Wow! wow. 
<laughs> That'd be genius. But yeah, I think it'll be Waluigi. They've probably heard enough from the fans that they're like, all right, screw it. We'll put him in there. And, you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll have Sora as well. That'd be pretty cool. All right, let's jump into our next thing. This is um, U.S. government insti- or investigates CEO Bobby Kotick, you said, uh, over Activision and Blizzard allegations. This is Theo Salon at Dextro. And to kind of give a little background on here, we talked about this in the past. Uh, there's been allegations of like sexual harassment and inequality in the workplace over in uh, Activision Blizzard. Uh, it's been going on for quite some time. Uh, a lot of nasty stuff surrounding that organization. And so they have gone ahead and subpoenaed um, both or really the CEO and a number of other executives uh, to really, I guess, appear in court and kind of discuss everything. Yeah, there's been a lot of... A lot of bad stuff with this, like union busting stuff and like unfair workplace practices. I mean, we've definitely talked about Bobby Kotick and his overpaid CEO position and, you know, all the just all the shitty parts of the game industry, everything that has to do with the publishers, basically. And and these people making all this money off of, you know, the horrible stuff that's going on under their noses. That I really, this is the thing. I want to see Bobby Cotta get fried. I want to see something crazy happen from this. Like, I want to see, like, from the ashes of what was once Activision Blizzard, all the trash get taken out, drain the swamp, and use that company as, like, a moving forward example of what a better healthier you know industry could be like for a long time blizzard had a really good reputation and people wanted to be there and people loved the company and stuff like if they had the chance to take all this bad stuff that's happened and start at the top and work their way down and just clean it up and go forward that would be awesome i don't think that's going to happen probably not but at least, you know, somebody high up is getting some kind of, you know, you want to make all that money. You want to not pay taxes and have the people subsidize your shitty games and all this shitty business practices. Well, if you make that much money, you could talk to them about this. <laughs> yeah, I really want to see what turns up for those I mean, dollars, Bobby. We've been talking about this for a while and in, in recent years, really recent years. I think we've been talking about it for a couple of years now. This has kind of come up every now and then. We've been talking about this ever since I started watching <laughs> Jimquisition. Yeah. So I'm definitely stoked to see how this all pans out, really, and what this means for the gaming industry moving forward. We've already had, uh, of course, the whole big Apple Epic thing that's occurred and you know how that kind of turns things around for the industry. This is going to be another game changer uh, for the gaming industry and, and how it all you know works out. Um, also, I want to see how... Uh, the China thing goes down too, mm. you know, and how all of that affects the gaming industry. So a lot of crazy stuff has actually happened in 2021 from an industry perspective. And this uh, is the Apple uh, Epic stuff. I just mentioned it. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, it, it, I still think that there was going to be like more that came out of that, honestly. Yeah, I did too. But you know what? I think some of that stuff like this, right? We're not going to see a whole lot of heavy uh, things going on if right away in the workplace, right? This is going to be stretched out for some time because that Apple stuff was like, what, six to nine months? Yeah. Roughly of just, it's court battles. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that, go, that gets involved in there. And so I really think this will be stretched out for a while, but we'll definitely talk more about this as it kind of um, comes together and, you know, unravels. Uh, and the, the other executives too, like, are we going to see other people kind of take the fall for Kotick? Mm-hmm. You know, how is that all going to pan out? I mean, it doesn't really matter. Dude could walk away 10 years ago and still probably never run out of money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. It's He doesn't need that job. Nobody needs that job. No, especially him. He doesn't need it. All right. Uh, Okay. So we will discuss that further uh, in future weeks uh, as it kind of develops. Right now, we just know that they've been subpoenaed, and we'll see what goes from there. Uh, If my mouse would work, Ryan, I could get down to our inflation deflation. I'll take over. Go ahead. Go ahead. So uh, this week's inflation deflation challenge, we are talking about the Simpsons skateboarding. Incredibly poor game. (laughs) 
it was developed by The Code Monkeys, published by Electronic Arts. Released back in November 2002, it is a sports game, skateboarding game. And it has such abysmal reviews. Uh, it's named as possibly one of the worst PS2 games of all time. Uh, a three is generous, we'll say. Three out of ten is a generous score for this game. Uh, it's just so sad. Uh, it, it was it was weird, though. So we started this game up. John's way better at sport games than I am. And I was bad at this. Yeah, and yeah. I've, I like Tony Hawk. Who doesn't like Tony Hawk? This does not feel like Tony Hawk. This is like you start to play it and you're like, okay, am I just doing something wrong? Like everything's clunky and slow and there's like almost no like real feeling of like momentum. The controls are just, it feels like you're skating through like molasses. There's not even like very many good one-liners as well. Like I think Bart's biggest one-liner is that he's a shreddophile. Yeah. And I was I'm like, a shreddophile. I was like, and he said it like 19,000 times. Yeah. And then Homer's like my ass, something like that. Something like, like that. It just, yeah. it wasn't very good in terms of one-liners. Um, the little, little bits about the game. There's a multiplayer mode, which Ryan and I played a bit and it had like a trick time attack. So whoever could get the most points in a certain period of time. And it had horse, which is pretty standard for most of these skateboarding games anyways. Um, and then it had a standard story mode with a couple things. You had like a trick challenge area where you could master certain tricks, more like practice. And then you would get uh, really money in-game currency to be able to pick up like certain attributes to different characters, like booster speed and returns and height and all that good stuff. There was another challenge on there where you can unlock skateboards um, and another challenge where you can unlock uh, levels and characters, or it was characters and skateboards and then it was like levels. And you start out of Springfield Elementary, which does not look like Springfield Elementary in the slightest. And when you think about games like Tony Hawk, right? Like you had the school, the school was built in such a way where it was, there were different elements to the school that you could say, okay, cool. I could skateboard on that. Right. Yeah. Whereas in this, it was just pools of, you know, it was just skate a skate park. park. It was, a it skate was park nothing that, about it. that was Simpsons elementary other than Skinner was like the announcer. Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing that, would, and that was so on the outside that you couldn't even notice it after a while. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say that the theming was very poor. Uh, with that in regard to the overall like level design in at least that level we didn't unlock any other levels because well as we were playing you know we looked at that currency aspect to be able to unlock different abilities and whatnot on different levels if you want to unlock different levels it was like ten thousand to twenty thousand points you had yeah to get. so the scores for just the first level and it, we were not anywhere close like i was doing the best when i'm doing the best <laughs> that says something about the state of the game. And we were only at like like 4,000 points or something. At most. I mean, in third place was 10,000. Yeah. And, you know, first place, if you want to hit that, that's going to be in that 20,000 range, I'm sure. I think that I think this game probably just suffered a lot from not having the budget because it was just like a cash grab, you know, license game yeah. not always the highest quality people will buy it because it says simpsons and then they won't be able to return it so they'll be stuck with it and it doesn't really matter it was back in 2002 i bet all right i hope this wasn't like a full price like oh it was 100 okay, it, okay. it would have to be dude there's no way that it would not be a full price game back then so 50, 50 bucks easily on a you know i was hoping 40 day. <laughs> even if it was 40 it's still a ripoff yeah so, I think that this game was meant to serve people who wanted to play Tony Hawk and watch The Simpsons, and it was 2002, and unless you had, like, The Simpsons on VHS and two TVs in one room, the odds of being able to t accomplish that goal were just zero, now, in the modern day, it's super easy to play Tony Hawk and watch The Simpsons. You just prop your phone up and play Tony Hawk. Yeah. So, I would say that if you could buy Tony Hawk... Buy Tony Hawk. Buy Tony Hawk. Yeah. And then watch The Simpsons on your phone and just don't even worry about this game. I know I always make that argument about, well, this game 
could be for Simpsons collectors. If you're a Simpsons collector, this is probably the cheapest merch that you're ever going to pick up. In in multiple ways, <laughs> is it the cheapest? Uh, so brass tax on this one, man. Uh, sixteen sixty uh, is the current rate. It peaked at seventeen oh six in June of twenty twenty one. No surprise there, and it is trending up actually. Uh, a loose copy right now will run you twelve thirty one. It peaked at twenty six ninety nine back in oh six, uh, and that is also trending up as well. Um, I think I picked this game up probably. It would have to be in like April that I picked it up. And it was like less than $10 when I got it. And the only reason I got it was because I didn't have all the Simpsons game. And I think this was the last Simpsons game I needed. So I was like, well, screw it. Let me just buy this one. Uh, going into a little more of the controls on this man. And like you said, super clunky. Um, if you want to move forward on this, you have to press forward on the uh, analog stick or the D-pad. And then if you want to go faster, you had to hold down X. We, of course, learned that midway through. And I noticed numerous times while we were actually, you know, holding down X, the character would not move at all. Yeah. Like, it would just stay there. Yeah. And that was even after, like, moving forward and then hitting X afterwards. Or it would, like, screw up and hit an ollie at random points. It just... It's very poor. Yeah, very poorly made. And... I kind of want to see what the other levels look like, to be honest. I just, I don't think that it's worth the effort. Like, I think that it would just be disappointment. Like, if you manage to unlock the second level, I don't know that you would have enough energy to take you through to unlock the third, and then the fourth after that. Why would you even keep going? Yeah, that's true. Unless there's, like, cutscenes or something in between them, but I just really don't feel like that game has that, like... Was there even like an intro sequence? There was. The intro sequence was because remember you mentioned that auto always looks really weird in 3D. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it had Nelson looking. So they, of course, have like Bart looking like Bart and all badass. And then they have auto and he's doing his skating and they're like showing, hey, it's auto. The and music Nelson, wasn't terrible. And then Nelson looks badass. And all of a sudden you load it up and it's like Bart, Homer, and Lisa and, yeah. and Marge are the characters. And then there's five other characters that are unlockable. It's like. Oh, so like two of the big characters that you showed that looked really cool, you're not even going to let us play with to start the game out. Right. You know, and unlocking those characters was not exactly the easiest feat. When you start looking at the trick challenge aspect and having to complete those and get like the that money to build mm-hmm. up your character, it was like, oh, you get 10 cents. Oh, you get 20 cents for completing this one. It wasn't a lot going for it. So how much were the characters? Uh, I didn't even check. I, it's super grind. Well, that was to boost up your like your stats. Oh, your stats. And then your stats utilize that to be able to do other types of challenges. So it's hard to tell what the long term reward structure is on some of these old games because it's definitely not like it is now. Like if you bought a game like this now, they'd probably want you to. Sp- put tons of hours into it to unlock anything you probably sit down in an afternoon and unlock half the characters in this game i'm sure without really too much effort like if the game played well it's just that the poor play of the game makes it too frustrating of an endeavor for me to think that it would ever be worth it to unlock them and i just don't think that it's gonna change anything like you'll look different but like even if they have better stats, how much how much does better stats affect a poorly configured game? Yeah, when you're having trouble like chaining together basic skateboarding moves I in a video game, grind like successfully like at all. Well, the grinding gets better obviously as you boost up those stats, but again, like it's it's just not like how much do you want to grind? <laughs> pun intended in this game <laughs> to start unlocking more stats and unlocking more characters when from the get go it's just poorly developed yeah so yeah i mean so looking at those prices that we called out the 1660 complete in box and a loose 1231 i'm going to assume we are both on the same page here and say this game is inflated yeah i can't see it honestly being worth more than five dollars uh you know this is more than the simpsons uh hit run was yeah and hit and run apparently was uh, well no or no road rage well yeah and road rage was actually uh uh, rated better as yeah. well. It, I mean, it didn't have great ratings, but it's definitely rated better. It's a lot more pleasing to play, yeah. for sure. Uh, honestly, I think I had more fun playing Simpsons Wrestling. Well, and you know, all of these Simpsons games are knockoffs of other on-genre titles. I think this is definitely 
the poorest adaptation and probably the most challenging to implement. Not really. I mean, I can see like, like the game feel has to be absolutely good. Like you could play like, I mean, was hit and run like a good version of uh, Grand Theft Auto? I mean, no, because it wasn't Grand Theft Auto. GTA has got its own thing for it. But I would say if from the reviews and what other people experienced in the time that we had with it, was it a good game? Yeah, it wasn't a bad game at all. It actually was quite fun. Uh, when you look at Road Rage, Road Rage, I feel, is actually a pretty good knockoff of Crazy Taxi. It's not perfect, mm -hmm. but it's it's playable and it's good. Uh, and then when you look at, um, what was the other one? The Krusty Game. I mean, the Krusty Game wasn't fun per se like it wasn't a great was it a ever. good version of that rat game of that rat game yeah i would say it was a good version of a rat game this in particular what was it rat trap or something yeah this in particular shouldn't have been as difficult to create than those other games i don't know i it just think i think getting it to feel good like i think there's a lot more balancing that goes into making a good feeling skateboarding game than like a good feeling like third person adventure game like a driving game has to feel good because like that's all you're doing is the driving part yeah. but like hit and run had that open world build right then you had the even road rage had kind of an open world build because you had areas to explore and there was more character dialogue and such this was basic like park setups and then making sure that the controls worked and things were and fluid. just trying to make it look like the simpsons and they didn't like, yeah, and that's the problem. It didn't I have. have much of the charm. This shouldn't have been as big of a lift as those other titles. Yeah. I feel. So, uh, but yeah, I think we're like I said, we're both on the same page. This game is definitely inflated for sure. Um, so let's uh, mark that one off on there. Uh, the last piece, uh, I guess, that we'll talk about before we end the episode is uh, Spooky Month. So I'm feeling for our next episode here, uh, maybe what we can do is. Some scary priced games. Horror games, but they have scary prices. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll find out if it's scarier than the price tag. Scarier than the price tag. And uh, I think you uh, talked about a while back a new special rating specifically for October. Oh, yeah. We're going to do... We'll we'll find out if uh, all these games of Spooktober are tricks or treats. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> But we're going to do that. That's going to be great. Well, it'll be great. It'll be great. Um, well, hey, thanks again, everyone, for joining us for uh, episode 150. It's been a lot of fun recording really like three years of content now together. So that's always a blast. And uh, we appreciate the listens. Keep subscribing. And uh, keep sharing those comments on social media and our website on what we can uh, do next. So this has been episode 150. My name is John. I'm Ryan. And, of course, thanks for listening. 200, here we come.